Half an hour had passed since Danny had had her appointment with Dr. Winslow. The thoughts of the news clung to her brain like vines twisting their way through her head, pooling and tightening. Her head was pounding, as if someone was inside there banging a hammer on an anvil, not to make anything, but just to annoy the hell out of her. She lay on her bed staring up at the crumbling stone ceiling, and slowly her eyes started to close, her surroundings going dark. No sooner had sleep started clawing at her like a young puppy pining for attention, was the room filled with a deep, guttural growl, a growl that she found familiar. The same sound which had plagued her dreams for the past year. The same sound which infected every memory of her mother. The sound of death. Screams erupted into the air as if someone had popped a balloon, letting the screams go free. Danny's eyes flew open. But before she could stop herself, she was up on her feet. Around her was pandemonium. People falling over the beds, getting caught up in the blankets and each other to get away from a figure which was in the middle of the room, lunging for the terrified residents. The figure was dishevelled. Blood covered its chest and dripped from its open maw. Thick crimson goo oozed from the dark precipice as darkened fingers clawed at the air, failing to latch on to a fleeing meal. As Danny looked through the crowd, a woman she recognised as an older resident of Mary King's was grabbed by the creature who plunged its teeth into her jugular and ripped a large chunk of flesh away from her neck. As blood sprayed out over the floor and the beds, that's when Danny got a good look at the creature and recognised him straight away. Dr Winslow. Come on! Through this door, with me! Oh, Christ, Danny. It's a doctor, he's turned. Shit. It's okay, go with the others. Come with us, Danny. Go. That's an order. Danny bolted from her position and managed to get past the doctor, who grabbed for her but missed, his rotten fingers barely stroking her top. Danny stood by the door, ushering people out to get them to safety. As the last person left the area, Danny turned to leave. When Dr. Winslow made a last attempt for grabbing for her, but stumbled on the lifeless body of his victim and fell onto Danny and tried to bite her on the shoulder. She struggled with the doctor as he kept trying. Get the fuck off of me! Because he had just turned, the strength was still the same as if he were alive, and Danny was not able to keep him off for long. He got closer to her neck. But just as his blackened teeth were about to pierce her skin, a shot rang out, echoing through the room, and the doctor slumped on top of Danny, blood dripping onto her face. As Danny struggled to push the lifeless body of the doctor off of her, in her weakened state, easy jobs felt momentarily difficult. She looked up from the ground to see Rose, the leader of the reborn, standing behind the smoking gun. She had a short blonde bob which rested on her shoulders. She was tall, but her height was exacerbated by her fascination with high-heeled boots. Her makeup was immaculate, which was always impressing Danny. Even when the world had ended, she still felt the need to look good, and Danny thought she pulled it off well. She was dressed in black army fatigues. She holstered her gun and helped Danny to her feet. Danny, are you okay? <sighs> oh. Yes, yes, ma'am. So, the doctor turned. Fuck's sake. Yeah, he didn't seem right when I went to see him earlier. I should have known. It's my fault. 
I sent him out on a medical run. He must have been bitten while he was out. It's not your fault. He should have told you. You have told me? Of course. Really? Knowing you would have to be put down? I'd rather that than turn into one of those things. Rose walked over to the body of the lady who was attacked by the doctor and knelt down beside her. She moved her bloodied hair from her face and sighed. He got Alison, motherfucker. She was always nice to us. She was one of the founders of the community, you know. She got bitten during the outbreak, but was too scared to put herself down. But time went on and nothing happened. She then discovered there were people like her and helped to start the reborn. The founders loved Mary King's Close before the fall and felt it was the best place to live. Huh. That's a nice story. When did you join? Rose stood up and gestured to Danny to follow her. I came about a week after the fall. I found myself alone and needed somewhere to try and stay safe. Alison took me in and I moved up the ranks quickly. Now, with Alison gone, I am the last of the first wave, if you like. There were five of us in total. Alison, Roger, Lydia, Fiona and me. Roger died of a heart attack a few days after arriving. Lydia left to try and find her family. Fiona died while we were out searching for food. And now, Alison. Jesus! They made their way along the main road. Families consoled each other and the guards blocked off the residential area, stopping anyone from going in. A crowd had gathered and people were asking questions, but no one was answering them. Rose and Danny had reached the old manager's office, which Rose had taken control of. They went inside, and Danny was suddenly hit with a horrible memory. The office reminded her of O'Connell's office, with books lining the wall and a large oak desk taking up most of the room. The memory made her feel sick to her stomach, but she swallowed it down. On the desk sat a large plant, the leaves cascading down from the desk like a green waterfall. As soon as Rose entered, she made her way over to a crystal jug and poured two glasses of whiskey. The resemblance was shocking, Danny thought. Have a drink. Calm the nerves. Oh, God, yes. Oh, wait, I, um, I can't. Oh, <laughs> why is that? Um, personal reasons. Mm, okay, fair enough. Well, I'm here if you need to talk. <sighs> I, I'll just tell you because I'll have to tell you Anyway, and <sighs> here goes. I just found out that I'm pregnant. Oh shit! Wow. Um. Okay. Um. Who's the father? Pete. Pete is the father, obviously. <laughs> obviously, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. How did he take the news? I haven't told him yet. I haven't seen him, but I don't know how to tell him. How can I bring a child into this world? I can barely look after Cal. When I first met you, Danny, the love you showed for that boy was... out of this world. If you just put a fraction of that into your own child, then it will want for nothing. You will make a fantastic mother and Pete an incredible father. And besides, you'll have the community here to help you out. Yeah, that... That will help. Well, this will change my plan. I was coming to speak to you about something when everything happened. But in the light of recent events, that doesn't matter. No, no. What was it? What do you want to discuss with me? 
Rose moved around the back of the desk and opened the drawer and removed a large roll of paper. She placed it on the desk and unravelled the paper and it revealed a map. A map of Edinburgh's outskirts with a large red circle a few miles outside. The word Eden was written above it. It surrounded what looked like an old estate. Now, Danny, this is strictly confidential and I don't expect you to do it in your current condition. Whatever it is, it will be fine. I have been sending out groups of scouts, separate from your teams and Pete's. Their mission was to find a way out of the city. Two weeks ago, they were able to do that. Oh, shit. What's it like? Is it safe? No! This shit is nationwide by now, I'm certain. While they were out, they found something. Something that could change things for us. What was it? A house. A house? They found a house and you're excited. I could take you half an hour down the road and show you a house if you want. There's no need to for the sarcasm now, Danny. Um, yes, yes, ma'am. Apologies. Now, this is more than just a house. It's an estate called Montalil House. It is a massive complex which covers acres of land. He would be perfect for our community to move to, to get out of the city. He would be safer and there'd be more space so we can expand. What I need from you is I need you to go there with a team, of course, and start laying the foundations. Oh, wow. I, um, I, I guess I have a couple of questions, ma'am. The scouts, when they found it, did they explore it? Did they know if it was empty? That's why we are sending you and your team in, to make sure that it is. The scouts are not as trained as you are, so they look and come back. Now I will let you choose your team, so you can take whoever you wish, without leaving us short, of course. Sorry, can we just take a step back? You are sending us into this Montalil house, not knowing if there are people in there. What if there's already a community in there? It sounds like a suicide mission. Well, if there are people there, you do your fucking job and kill them. Take the bloody place by force if you have to. Sorry, I'm not going to do that. That's fucked up. This is an order. You don't get a say in what's fucked up or not. If you want to continue to be part of this community, you will do as you are told. And if I don't? Then you... And your unborn child will be out in the streets to survive against the dead. Your little brother will not see the next year of school. And your precious Pete will be shot for insubordination. So, your choice. What the fuck? You're insane. You have no idea. I... I haven't got much of a choice, have I? Ah, there's the spirit. Now gather your team. You've got 24 hours before you have to leave. Now you can return to your duties. Ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Danny left the office and she was livid. An anger she had not felt since since finding out about Atlantis. She stormed back to the residential area which had now been cleared of the bodies and the guards now stood guard. They nodded at Danny as she barged past. Inside the room the beds were still dishevelled and people had started to try and tidy up. Pete, Roach and Cal were sitting on her bed and looked up when Danny walked in. There you are. Where have you been? I've been worried sick. Jasmine told me what happened. Are you okay? Peachy. Pete, I need to talk to you. What's up? I'll give you guys a minute. 
Come on, wee man. Let's go for a walk. Cheers, Roach. I'll need to speak to you two in a bit. Yes, boss. Danny, what's wrong? You're scaring me. Okay. <sighs> right. Um. Okay, so... So the thing is, it's... Danny, just tell me. Pete, please just listen to me. I have a lot to say and I need you to listen to everything I have to say. Okay, okay. Right, I'm listening. Sorry. <sighs> right. So I went to the doctor like you asked, I told him what was wrong, but he was acting really weird, like coughing and, and really fidgety, made me really uncomfortable. He checked me over and and he then he asked me to do a test. What kind of test? A um a a pregnancy test. A pregnancy a pregnancy test? Jesus, Danny. And Congratulations, Daddy. Oh, fuck. Are you kidding me? Really? That's all you have to say? I wish I was fucking kidding. No, no, no. That's not what I meant. I mean, it's great news. It Come really on, is. Pete. Let's just call a shit a shit. It's not great news. I don't want to bring a kid into this world. And besides, what will happen when I get really big and can't help you fight? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Does anyone else well, know? The doc knew, but... Well, you know, and Rose knows. You told Rose before you told me? Well, I'm sorry, but I didn't have much of a choice. She killed the doc and took me into her office, and that brings me to the other thing. There's more? Yes, Pete, there's more. Jesus. <sighs> sorry. I, I'm cool. sorry. What did she say? She wants me to go on a run. Hold on. A run? Even after you told her you're pregnant? Yeah. Great leader, right? Right, so what's this run then? She told me that she had sent out a team of scouts to try and find a way out of the city. To see if it was safe. It's not, by the way. Yeah, I could have told her that. That's what I thought. Anyway, on their two-week excursion, they came across an estate in the countryside. This massive estate complex, apparently. And she wants me to take a team out to commandeer the house and start setting up a new community so that the reborn can move out to the city, to this complex. Is she insane? Does she know if there are people living there already? A place like that, surely there'll be someone held up. Exactly what I asked. And her response? Do your fucking job and kill them. Sorry? She wants you to kill innocent people to take their camp. Well, that's not going to happen. What did you say? I told her I wasn't happy with it. And she basically told me that if I didn't do it, Cal wouldn't see next year. I would be thrown out and you... You... I'd what? Be shot for insubordination. Insubordination. Damn fucking right it would be insubordination. You're not doing it. Not in your condition. I don't think I have much of a choice, Pete. Leave it with me. I'll talk to her. Suddenly, Roach barged into the room, nearly knocking someone over. He was out of breath and he looked terrified. Pete! Julius returned. It's not good. Fuck. What's happened? You need to come. You too, Danny. Danny's heart did a flip like a gymnast on a trampoline. Her eyes went wide. Not again. Not again, she thought to herself. Pete, Danny and Roach bolted through the close, making their way to the medical wing where they barred through the door. Several guards were standing around a bed and a woman was laying there. Her face was unrecognisable. Beaten and cut. Blood pouring out. Her left eye was swollen like a golf ball and her lips looked like two large bloodied sausages. P. 
Pete was the first to reach her and he took her hand in his and held it tightly. Roach placed a large hand on her shoulder and Danny placed a hand on her leg. Jesus, Julia, what happened? Did it? And um, the only ones out there. What do you mean? We came from scouting out Murrayfield. <laughs> it's occupied. Occupied? By who? Your <clears throat> old friend. Old friend? Who? Julia let out a rattled breath and fell unconscious, her hand dropping by the side of the bed. Danny stepped back, staring at Julia, a million thoughts swirling in her head like a tornado. Pete was unable to move, rooted to the spot like an ancient oak tree refusing to be blown over. If Julia was telling the truth, then their past was about to catch up with them, and he knew where they were. And he was coming. The Fallen, an Eerie Earth production. Written and directed by Kieran Begg. Starring Megan Chase as Danny Cunningham. Susan Potts as Rose. Saxon Davids as Pete. Andrew Lodge as Roach. And Beth Eldringham as Julia. Music by Peter Wyshynski. And The Fallen Theme by Ross Budgen. For more information, head over to eerieearth.com and be sure to catch up on Season 1 of The Fallen anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks very much for listening. Bye-bye for now.